Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus casts out demons, and immediately the scribes and Pharisees accuse him of being in cahoots with the devil, casting out demons in the name of Beelzebul, that is, the Lord of the flies. They just cannot accept the fact that the guy they hate could possibly be on God's side. He must obviously be working for Beelzebul, right? That must be the only explanation. Jesus lets them know how utterly foolish their premise is. A house divided cannot stand. If Satan is divided against himself, how can his kingdom stand? The point is clear. Jesus cannot be working for the devil if he is so clearly working against the devil. This is when he goes into the lesson on the strong man. There is a reason that scripture refers to the devil as the prince of this world. He and his demonic minions are far stronger than any of us feeble children of Adam. This is also why St. Paul warns us that we are not battling against ordinary flesh and blood, but against the spiritual rulers and powers of this present darkness. However, the demonic strongman is no match for the stronger man the one who breaks in and overcomes him and puts him down. When Almighty God in the flesh and person of Jesus Christ breaks in, the Lord of the flies, Beelzebul, is bound up, overcome, and put down by the stronger God of Israel. It is not even a contest. And given the times we find ourselves in nowadays, it is good that we ponder this Christus Victor reality. Beelzebul and all his minions, although certainly much stronger and more powerful than any and all of us children of Adam, is no match for the Lord of life. No matter how bleak and fly-infested and rotten things may seem to be sometimes, the Lord of life is in charge. The stronger man, God in the flesh, has already entered in and won the war. The Lord of the flies and death has been crushed by the Lord of life. The strong man has already been overcome. He has been rendered impotent by the omnipotent. Where, O death, is thy victory? Where, O death, is thy sting? Death has been swallowed up in victory. But what about the rest of what Jesus had to say? Whoever is not with me is against me. That is pretty cut and dry. It's pretty black and white, isn't it? Either you are with Jesus or you are against Jesus. Said another way, you are either with Jesus or you are with the devil. Those are the only two sides. And I know everyone here breathes a great big sigh of relief because we are clearly with Jesus. But maybe that is why so many Christians do not bother wrestling with these words. There is a reason these texts are appointed for this Sunday in Lent, this season of repentance. You may not believe it, or you may not want to admit it, but there are plenty of times when we are against Christ. Just think about something as cut and dry as Holy Communion. Jesus very plainly states, as often as you do this, remember what I have said. This is my body. This is 
my blood. So if someone says otherwise, does that not mean that they are against Jesus? Jesus says, this is my body. Others say, no, it's not. Well, what about holy baptism as forgiveness of sins? What about infant baptism? What about scripture's prohibition on women pastors? Those who are not with me are against me. These words also pertain to us. While I will certainly not challenge your faith in Christ, I will caution you. As I said, there is reason that this particular gospel lesson has been appointed for centuries upon centuries, smack dab in the middle of this season of repentance we call Lent. Who here sins? You should see all your hands. Correct me if I am wrong, but doesn't sin put us at enmity with God? Who here sins purposefully? Careful before you answer. (laughs) You are familiar with the Ten Commandments. You know what God clearly says about things such as adultery and sex outside of marriage, murder, honoring those in authority over us, covetousness, lying, and slander. And yet, we still do these things, oftentimes quite willingly and unapologetically. Nobody has ever held a gun to your head and made you think adulterous or murderous thoughts, have they? You know what God so clearly says about not having any other gods and trusting in him above all things. About not misusing his name and honoring his Sabbath by keeping it holy. Nobody has ever forced you against your will and under the threat of death to hit the snooze button one more time and pull those warm blankets up so you can worship the mattress god. (laughs) Nobody has ever forced you to go to the casino or the kids' games instead of church. You are not a poor, innocent victim. You have stood against God. Those who are not with me are against me. It is cut and dry, plain and simple. Now here is the thing. The story does not end here. Your story does not end here with your guilt. Your heavenly father gave his only begotten son to suffer and die on the cross for you. Jesus took on flesh and came down to this rotten, stinking valley of darkness, death and despair in order to take your place. In a very real way, Jesus became the enemy of God for you. He came to this earth so that your heavenly father would pour out all his righteous wrath against him and not you. God the father was against Jesus, so he never has to be against you. You are saved. You are delivered. You are delivered from this justly deserved death sentence purely by God's grace purely by Christ's perfect obedience and perfect love for his Father and for us. Understand, stood in repentant faith, how do you even begin to say thank you for this undeserved gift of life and forgiveness? How do you show your thanks for such incomprehensible mercy and grace? Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And that is just it. 
You do not endeavor to hear and keep the word of God in some kind of foolish attempt to earn God's grace and forgiveness. First and foremost, such works righteous foolishness is clearly against God. Such works righteous foolishness robs Christ of his cross. Such works righteous cross-robbing foolishness is never blessed by God. Secondly, you know that works righteousness is an impossibility for fallen and sinful children of Adam. If you were able to keep all the commands and word of God, or even any of them, then Jesus did not have to die. You would just need to try harder. But die he did for you, for me, for the entire world. This is what makes repentance so fundamentally different from works righteousness. Repentance, which is a work of the Holy Spirit in and through the hearing of the word of God, hears the truth of the cross, the truth of sin so great and damning that God had to die for it. Repentant faith confesses the truth of sin. That is, repentant faith agrees with the good physician when it comes to this diagnosis of sin. No excuses, no justifications. Repentant faith confesses. Repentant faith is an about face, 180 degree turn. You cannot willingly keep walking in the darkness while at the same time walking in the light. Either you are walking in repentance in Christ or you are not. Either you are walking in repentance in Christ or you are walking away from him or taking a stand against him. Repentant faith turns and holds fast to the Almighty, calling upon him to be merciful, not for our sake, but for the sake of Christ alone. Repentant faith knows the truth, the truth of sin, and more importantly, the truth of your salvation. Because of your blood-bought baptismal redemption in Jesus Christ, repentant faith wants nothing more than to walk with God and please God, not in order to be saved, but out of the joy that he has already saved you. Remember what the Lord of life has already said and done for you in your baptism, how he has blessed you. Always keep your baptismal promises at the forefront of your mind every day. Keep his word. Hold fast to this blessing. Here at this altar is almighty God himself, breaking into your dark, shadowy valley of death, not to bring wrath and strike us down, but to comfort you, to forgive you, to give you his blood-bought gifts of pardon, assurance, and a peace that surpasses all understanding. Keep his word and promise. Hold fast to his blessedness. And you will be truly blessed, not because of anything you are doing, but because you are holding fast to the blessed one. Here is Christ. Here is Christus Victor, the blessed and almighty one who vanquished the strong forces of sin, death, and the devil. Here is the Lord of life for you. Here is the one who in binding up Beelzebul and the powers of sin and death has loosed you, has set you free, free from the hands of your enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of your life.
I can think of no better way to end than by simply proclaiming the blessed victory of Christ from his cross. It is finished. In Christ and because of Christ. Hold fast to keep and keep his gospel promise. Hold fast to and keep this gospel promise for you are blessed. Blessed in Christ and because of Christ. Amen. And so may this peace that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.